The sequential nature of actual events is not illuminated with lengthy precision by the powers of prescience, except under the most extraordinary circumstances. The oracle grasps incidents cut out of the historic chain. Eternity moves. It inflicts itself upon the oracle and the supplicant alike. Let Muhadib's subjects doubt his majesty and his oracular visions. Let them deny his powers. Let them never doubt eternity. From the Dune Gospels. Welcome to Reading Dune, a podcast where we read Dune by Frank Herbert and talk about it. Whether you're a Fremen or a first-time reader, this podcast is for you. My name is Caleb Pauls. And I'm Evan Diaz. And together, we're going to read some Dune. Yeah, we are. Woo! All right, here we are. We're coming close to the end of Dune Messiah. And um, I just want to talk about this quote real fast, Evan. Uh-huh. Um, anything you kind of pick out? I feel like I'm still trying to figure out what prescience is and how it works. I think this quote gives a really kind of, I don't know if it's clean cut example, but a really good example. Um, so what do you get out of this? Honestly, that first bit of it was a little complicated, is like a little confusing, right? Right. Um, Am I? Okay. I never know if I'm alone in my confusion or not. Probably not. <laughs> Most likely not. Um, but, I mean, if that's... Okay, we don't know what the Dune Gospels are, do we? Like, as a thing, we no. can just make assumptions. Yeah. Right? Um, were, so I'm assuming I mean, it's... Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm assuming it's some religious writing to do with, like, the Muad'Dib religion that exists or whatever. Um, where it's kind of talking about basically like the point is eternity. Like even though Muhadib has all these powers and is this great godlike creature, eternity is really what it's all about. Or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I liked that aspect of it. That might not be what you're looking for from me here, but no, that's a uh, that's good. It's it's basically saying like. When you, the powers of prescience, it's not, you don't see sequential things. It's just mm. all everywhere. And like, you can try to put it in a historical chain, but then eternity will just move on you and it will change. Okay. That makes right? sense. And so Muhadib can pull everything to himself as we're about to read in this chapter. And people can deny that that he doesn't have that power. But what they can't deny is how everything will continue always. And we can't really never nail it down. Yeah. I was talking to Andrew Floyd here uh, in the chat. We were talking on discord today and he was saying how like sometimes the plans within plans don't go as planned. And uh, that feels apropos to what's happening in Messiah at the moment. Um, and this quote kind of nails that too, I think. Maybe. Feel free to correct me if you want to. 
write us angry emails at readingdunagmail.com. <laughs> I might read them in reply because you're probably right and I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, all right. So you, re- you ready to dive into the chapter? Let's do it. All right. Who's in this chapter today? Um, hate slash Duncan Idaho and a very intoxicated Aaliyah. <laughs> yeah, she's really high. All right. So, Hate has just come off his interrogation with B-Jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about this. Where is Aaliyah coming from? In the, like, now? Like, in this chapter? Yeah, where was the last time we saw her? Oh, well, the last time we saw her was at, at when she was, when Paul was in the temple. Right, the, the trial of Korba. Right. Oh, the trial of Korba. Okay. I thought right? it was I thought it was like before the the stone burner. Like no. the yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, so right after the stone burner, they're at that trial of Korba and she's mm-hmm. like Paul was freaking her out. Right. His, yeah. He's so precise with everything and she's like this is so weird. Um and so yeah. So I think during this she was like, I need to go figure this out. So she goes to her temple and just ODs on as much spice as she can right. to try to figure this out. But we're with hate at the moment. He's watching the courtyard next to Aaliyah's temple. He watches the doors open and Aaliyah emerge, sur- emerges surrounded by her guards. Hate looks up to, th- to see a thopter flying above the temple. The Thopter is part of the Royal Guard with Muhadib's fist symbol on its fuchsias. Hate returned his gaze back down to Aaliyah. He, th- he thought she looked out of place here, in the city, when her proper setting was the open desert. Hate then recalled a memory from when Aaliyah had appeared in the reception for the Guild Ambassador, which was the first time his steely eyes laid eyes on her. <laughs> that day she was wearing white, a dazzling garment of chastity, Looking at her now in the courtyard, as she crossed into the inner garden, which had fawn with which had fountains and ponds, he couldn't help but think this is wrong. This was not her place. Aaliyah belongs in the desert. That's what Hate thought. Aaliyah then moves out of view, and Hate just waits. He's clenching and unclenching his fists over and over again, because he just left that interview with Bjaz, and it just made him very uncomfortable. He has no <laughs> idea what happened to him. Right. So then well, he, not... he he has no idea. Like it right. was that whole weird moment was like actually erased from his memory kind of, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to clear that up for mm-hmm. anyone who might have forgotten that from last week, you know? So Aliyah's entourage passed outside the room he was waiting in, which means she had gone into the, adja- the adjacent room, which was the family quarters. Hmm. Aaliyah thought to himself, trying to figure out what was wrong about this picture of Aaliyah, the way she was walking in the plaza. She, he thought that she moved like a hunted creature, fleeing from some predator. He stepped outside on the connecting balcony and walked alongside it. He stopped while still in the shadows. Aaliyah stood on the balcony as well, overlooking her temple. Hate looked where she was looking. Over the city, on the rooftops, there was a boy playing with a ball. 
He was bouncing the ball back and forth against the wall. Now we cut to Aaliyah's point of view. Aaliyah couldn't help but relate to this ball, bouncing back and forth through the quarters of time. Aaliyah had taken a huge dose of the Spice Melange right before leaving the temple. This was her biggest dose yet, a massive overdose. Even before it had started to take effect, the amount terrified her. She thought this was the only way to penetrate that damn fog that spread over the future caused by the Dune Tarot. She convinced herself that she acted out of necessity in order to see where it was her brother was walking with his eyeless stride. So what is she what is she trying to see here? Whatever it is that Paul has been seeing. Right. And if we remember back in that temple scene, Paul was like, she has to have seen what I've seen. Like, what's uh what's going on? Why why is she not doing this? Just mm. like Chani is like, Paul, you have to know that I have two babies in me, but you only refer to one. <laughs> For being all knowing, you guys suck. Right. It always comes down to miscommunication. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just talk. Just talk about it. Just, just use talk your words. To each other. <laughs> Life will be so much easier. That's some good juice right there. Life is just so much easier if everyone would just talk to each other. Amen to that. That's that's so that's good. <laughs> Slowly, the familiar effects of Milan began to take place. She took a deep breath, steadying herself before the assault of Melange was about to happen. She thought to herself, Possession of second sight has a tendency to make one a dangerous fatalist. Unfortunately, there's no science to prescience. There's no formula to manipulate the visions of the future. One had to enter them, and in doing so, risked life and sanity. Aaliyah saw something move in the shadows of the adjoining balcony. In her heightened awareness, Aaliyah saw the Gola with intense clarity, his dark features, those glowing steely eyes, his bulging muscles. She called out to him, Have you been there all along, Duncan? So I'm to be Duncan, he said. Why? She looked at him and quipped, Don't question me. She thought there was really no corner of this Tleilaxu Gola left unfinished. He was perfect. Hate only responded, saying that Duncan had died, and he was now Hate. Ilya continued to study the creature in front of her. She was lost, staring in his eyes. Then the universe shimmered around her, and she lurched forward. As the melange is beginning to set in, she reached out to steady herself on the balcony's handrail. The melange moved swiftly through her. Seeing Aaliyah temporarily lose her balance, Hate moved closer, asking if she's sick. Aaliyah continues to wonder who is speaking to her. Is it, the, is it Duncan? Or is it, is it, is it the Tleilaxu pawn? She looked up at him. There was something ina- inactive about him, something dormant inside, just waiting. Hmm. What's she seeing there? What, she, what do you think she's seeing there, Evan? Uh, the... the... The was it the message? Is it the the distrans message thing? Yeah, that she's Some... like catching a glimpse of. Is it the like half activated whatever that means? Yeah, or or it's even the Duncan inside him that hasn't come right. out yet. Right, right. Yeah, there's so he's a uh, 
Don't you hate that when you look at people and you're like, wow, you have so much potential, but you're not doing it. It's yeah. almost like she kind of sees that. Like there's something inside waiting to come out. Right. But he's not letting it. Hmm. It's He's hiding behind the Zen Sunni and the Mentat and everything else. Aaliyah spoke up. I am like the Bene Gesserit because of my mother. Did you know that? Hate nods. I use their powers, think as they think. Part of me knows the sacred urgency of the breeding program and its products. She blinks. Feeling the high of her awareness begin, she began to move freely through time. Now, do you think she's flirting with him at this point? Because they do get pretty flirty later on. And through this whole book, they've been kind of flirty. Yeah. I think the flirting started right off right off the bat. Like, as soon as she I'm, was like, have you been there all this time, Duncan? La, la, la. <laughs> you know? Come closer, Duncan. <laughs> Do you know I'm a Bene Gesserit and I know the urgency to breed? You know that, right, Duncan? <laughs> yeah. I, I like did your like... muscles, Duncan. <laughs> Gosh. I did like that it's like she became free. She began to move freely in time. Yeah, like, with a capital you, T. Right. If you just had the prescience and you like knew all the right things or like had a sense of the right thing to do to cause X, Y, Z. But like, you know, Duncan slash hate shows up and she's like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to live life while he's around and we'll see what happens, you know? Right. So. Hate responded to her. It is said that the Bene Gesserit never let go. As he watched her closely, noting how she was white-knuckling her grip on the handrail, Aaliyah said that the Bene Gesserit have stumbled, and they have no wish to regain their balance. Or they don't. Maybe they wish. Now they wish to regain their balance. And they want the baby of Chani, or they want her baby. <clears throat> so, Hate asked the obvious question, Are you with child? Hate struggled to answer this question. Mostly because she's trying to ground herself within the current time and relationship, her relationship with time. Like, where am I? When was I, when was she with child? Where was she with child? Is there a baby? She could only whisper, I see my child. She moves away from the balcony's edge, turning her face to see the Goa. She's obviously still really high. She just gets deeper and deeper into the spice trance, just staring into Hate's steely eyes, which must have been so uncomfortable for him because he turned away. <laughs> the spice was now having its full effect. She felt that she reached across the universe, stretching out, out, out. She lay intertwined with all time. And then Hate caught on to what was happening. You've taken the spice. A large dose. Aaliyah's muttering to herself, still looking for her offspring. Why can't I see him? Tell me, Duncan. Why can't I see him? Who can't you see? I cannot see the father of my children. I'm lost in a tarot fog. Help me. Hates Mintak, Mintak. Logic kicked into gear, and he said something not useful at all in this moment. He just <laughs> said something. Trying to fix the situation, probably. 
He said the Bene Gesserit want the pairing of Aaliyah and Paul together, you know, to lock in the genetic blah, blah, blah. But he was cut off by Aaliyah's mutterings about time and space and looking for her lover. <laughs> Have you risked a dangerous dose of the spice? Hate asked. And then something deep within felt the utmost terror at the thought that an Atreides woman might die and that he would have to face Paul with that knowledge. Ah, okay. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't catch that while reading, but as you like read it, the way you read it was like, oh yeah, something, the thing, the reason he's suddenly afraid of an Atreides woman dying is because the message starts with Paul saying she's dead. Uh huh. That's what unlocks the thing, right? Yeah. Pew, pew. Got it. Nice. I'm smart. <laughs> Ten <laughs> points to Gryffindor. <laughs> Aaliyah continues muttering, "You don't know what it's like to hunt the future. Sometimes I glimpse myself, but I get in my own way. I can't see through myself. I imagine here." Um, so Dr. Strange, the multiverse of madness came out. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing similarities between like Aaliyah and the Scarlet Witch. And yeah. if like the Scarlet Witch was to go through all the time and like try to find the right thing. And all of a sudden she just gets in her own way. Like Aaliyah is going through time. And then like Aaliyah from the future says like, no, right. Well, nope. Don't go that way. Nope. You can't see there. And so she's like trying to constantly figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Aaliyah dropped her head and shook it from side to side. Again, hate in full mentat awareness mode. How much of the spice did you take? Nature abhors prescience, she said, raising her head to look at him. Do you know that, Duncan? He spoke softly as to a child. Tell me. How much of the spice you took? I mean, Man. she's still like 15, right? That's how old she is at this point. Uh, I think so. Yeah. She's probably like the same age as Paul. As Paul and there. Dune? Yeah. Yeah. So it's been yeah, 12 15. years, three. Yeah. Uh huh. So then hate puts his hand on her shoulder to steady her because she's obviously off balance because she's tripping. <laughs> and she just says words are such a gross machinery so primitive and ambiguous she says pulling away from him um personal think thought <laughs> personal think uh i think she's talking about how about the word much how much did you take she's right. like wow much M muchness i had this muchness <laughs> like, i had much many much <laughs> Lots of it. <laughs> she looks out of the shield wall. Look at the shield wall. She stretches out her hand, looking at the landscape. But then it fades away with an overwhelming vision. It was like a sandcastle being destroyed by invisible waves. She looked away. She caught the goal. She caught. She was caught staring at the Gola again. His face was life, assertive, endless. She turned to flee, but Hate grabbed her left wrist, saying, I'm going to summon a doctor. She stared at his hands. They were touching. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
It was like an electric presence that both lured and frightened her. For those kids listening, that's called sexual tension. (laughs) She jerked free and gasped. You cannot hold the whirlwind. He snapped at her. You need medical help. You know what this reminds me of? The scene, I think it's episode one of Stranger Things 2, where Steve and Nancy are at a party. Right. And Nancy is just like super drunk. Yeah. And Steve is like, Nancy, Nancy, stop, Nancy. (laughs) And she's like, no, you're stupid. Everything's (laughs) stupid. Like, that's what's happening. Yeah. There's probably, I mean, in that scene too, there's trauma involved. Why she's getting that obliterated. There's trauma involved here with Aaliyah of why she's getting that high. Uh, Aaliyah just snapped back. You don't understand, she demanded. My visions are incomplete, just fragments. I have to remember the future. Can't you see that? Leading her into the family chambers, Duncan says, What is the future if you die? Words. (laughs) Words, she mutters to herself. Duncan then lays her down on the bed. We can't leave the universe as it was. Try as we may. There's a gap. She just thought to herself, looking at Duncan. He is so dense. (laughs) Cool shadows enveloped her. She laid down. She felt her own muscles crawling like worms. Only space itself was permanent. Everything else, nothing else had substance. The bed flowed with many bodies, all of which were her own. Time overloaded her. Yeah. Talk about Dr. Strange. And now she's having that real trippy moment happen. Real Doctor Strange stuff going on. There's no single reaction for her to pick out. It was time. It moved. The whole universe slipped backwards, forwards, sideways. She muttered, there's no place to get leverage. So the only time I can really think about this is I was in college once and I smoked salvia, and that's kind of what it felt like. Yeah, that'll do it. The universe slipping backwards and forwards and sideways, and you can't (laughs) figure yourself out. Then it ends in five minutes, and you're great. But, yeah, that I don't know. That's the only thing I can relate to. The next thing she knew, she was surrounded by people, and she was hooked up to an IV. (laughs) The first face she saw was Duncan's, but his eyes were wrong, she thought. Duncan. Don't be afraid, she whispered. He squeezed her hand. I love that. It's like when you're too drunk at the party and you tell the other guy, like, it'll be okay. I'm okay. <laughs> it's all right. I'm like, good. Obviously, dude, I'm not. good, dude. <laughs> he squeezed her hand. Be still, he said. And right then, Aaliyah thought to herself, the Gulva loves me. Oh. The thought became the bedrock to which she might cling. He was a familiar face. The family medic came up. We got her in time. You should have called me sooner. Hate tells the medics that he'll stay with her as she sleeps. Aaliyah also begs Duncan to stay with her. He strokes her hand to let her know that that he had hurt her. The medic then starts telling Aaliyah about the dangers of consuming too much melange, and he suspects someone must have drugged her. Aaliyah calls him a fool, saying how he is trying to stop her from having visions. And then she tells everybody to leave at once. 
So the medic packed up and left, leaving Aaliyah alone with Duncan at last. She was just staring up the Gola. She sensed it now. The Gola was the crucible. He was danger and salvation. He t- she'd started to glimpse what Paul was, was seeing around this Duncan character. Yeah. She shuddered knowing that she had seen the visions her brother had seen. And then all of a sudden she starts crying. Paul must be stopped, she thought. She saw Paul bringing all of time and passing it through himself. He gathered all possible lines to himself and will not permit them will not permit them to escape from the change he sought. So Paul is like controlling time, like he's controlling the timeline, is that kind of what that's saying? Yeah. Yeah, he's bringing all possible futures to himself and carving out what time will be. Right. Okay. Which is, which is how he can see everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought it was like he chose one timeline and like that is the timeline that's being followed. No, he's like taking all possible futures and running it through himself. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's crazy. We and could have like, we could talk about that forever. <laughs> that's insane. And I think okay, it's good that we have this one line in here because I'm like, oh, that's what's happening. Because prescience is so hard to understand. Yeah. Like, I've, and I think it's supposed to be on purpose. Right? We're supposed to figure it out as we go along of how this all works. Um, Frank does a great job. If you're listening to the podcast again, I don't know why you would do that. But if you're going through it again, you can probably see all the times that Frank has done this. Where he's yeah. just lining it up perfectly. So, yeah. Uh, Aaliyah didn't know why Paul was doing this. She thought maybe it's because he was striking out at time itself because time hurt him. Which we can think about all the times that he felt wronged by his path that he was right. had to take. So he's just giving time, the capital T, a middle finger here. In her mumbling, Hate thought that she said his name. Yes, my lady. She just cried out, burn this thing out of me. I don't want to be different. Oh, poor kid. Hey, just said softly, please, Aaliyah, let yourself sleep. She just whispered, I want to be able to laugh. Tears streamed down her cheeks. But I'm the sister to an emperor who's worshipped as a god. People feared me. I never wanted to be feared. Duncan wipes the tears from her face. I don't want to be a part of history. I just want to be loved and to love. Girl, same. (laughs) You are loved, he said. Ah, loyal, loyal Duncan, she said. Please don't call me that. (laughs) But you are, and loyalty is a valued commodity. It can be sold, not bought, but sold. And then she asks, do you love me, Duncan? And what's he say? Yeah, baby. Daddy loves you. (laughs) He says, yes. And she asks him, is that a lie? Like one of those lies that's easier to believe than the truth? Because she's like really stoned right now? 
<laughs> and then, so she asks him, will he make her his woman? I will do what love demands. Which is probably not what she wants to hear right there. If right. love demands it, I'll do it. Like, no, come on. And Choose me. <laughs> so then she says, and loyalty? Like, will you do what loyalty demands? So he goes, yes, and loyalty. That's where you're dangerous, Aaliyah said. Mm-hmm. Aaliyah is still very, very high. Now, she missed the part of the vision that there existed another perception and it dropped into her head the way prescience does. It lay in the shadow of time and was infinitely painful. It was emotion, all the emotion of fear, grief, and love. It lay in her awareness, in the vision, collecting itself into a single epidemic body. So I'm trying to picture this in my brain here. A thought drops into her head but stays in the shadows. So it doesn't, but she knows it's there, but she can't see it. And it's all of this emotion of fear, grief, and love. And it just sits there waiting. And it's part of her, it's in this prescient, something that's there. She whispers, don't, Duncan, don't let me go. Sleep, don't fight it, Hate replied. I must, I must. He's the bait in his own trap. He's the servant of power and terror, violence. Deification is a prison enclosing him. He'll lose everything. It'll tear him apart. You speak of Paul, she gasped. They drive to destroy him. She arched her back as if in pain. Too much weight, too much grief. They'll seduce him away from love. She sank back down. They're creating a universe where he won't permit himself to live. Who is doing this? Duncan asked. All right. That's my question to you, Evan. Who is doing this? Who is the they? My immediate thought was the the conspirators. Mm -hmm. Because that's that's what they were trying to do. Right? Mm -hmm. But then, like, the whole thing with the conspirators got tricky because they're all basically in jail now. And then there was like the Fremen conspirators and then Aaliyah's answer to the question, who is doing this? She says, he is. Oh, you're so dense. So maybe it's like the, the conspirators are like trying to do this thing. Paul obviously being freaking crazy prescience guy sees everything that's happening and is also kind of playing a part in the whole thing because then she says he's part of the pattern right right as he's drawn all of time into himself he set up this and now he's trapped is it too in following everything out right and that that emotion that she saw that's been in paul the whole time at least in this book and why he's so sad like it's all of that grief all of that anger all of that everything is in paul and because of all the deification he's now stuck with it and they say they're creating a universe where he won't promote himself to live 
Where is it? They're drawing him away from love. Right. They seduce him away from love. Who does Paul love? More than anything. Yeah. And we know that he's seen Chani's death. Right. And he's kind of chosen that already. Yeah. And he knows that's the option, even though there probably is another option where he can love. Right. Um, Because he could just, he could, he could just not do what he's doing and just become a blind man and disappear. Like that's, yeah, he could do that. Somewhat an option, right? Right. But there's also an option where he could be with Chani forever. Hmm. You know, he even like, yes, they wanted a child. And he knew that as soon as she had a child, she would die. Right? So he he allowed Irulan to give her contraceptives this whole time. Right. Right? And so... It's all of these choices are allowed, like, he has made the choice that as much as he loves, he can't anymore. Which is, that's, they're creating a universe where he won't permit himself to live. If he can't have love, he might as well not live. Hmm. So, yeah, there we go. Breaking that down, doing that, boom. So as she spoke, she felt her awareness descend layer by layer, and came to rest directly behind her navel. Body and mind separated and merged in a shore shore house of visions, moving faster and faster. She heard a fetal heartbeat, a child of the future. The melange still possessed her, then setting her adrift in time. She only knew, the only thing she knew for certain is the child she had sensed she knew would suffer the same awakening she had suffered. It would be aware, a thinking entity before birth. Okay, 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 okay. Does that, so, bump, first, bump, first of all, this is a child that has not yet been conceived, right? That's what it says mm-hmm. in, the, in the paragraph. Um, but, okay, the, ch- the child would be aware an aware thinking entity before birth. Does that mean she's going to do the same thing Jessica did? Or does that mean just any child that Aaliyah gives birth to will be born an aware thinking entity? Is it I guess we're going to find out. What? 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 <laughs> Bum, bum, bum. She senses a child, but she can't sense a father anywhere. What child would be reaching out to her in time that she could possibly sense? Yeah, it's probably probably hers, though, for sure. Okay. Okay. Okay, because the only other child that it could be is the, the twins, right? Or one of the twins, or... Chani's Chani and Paul's children, but I assumed because of the way it's phrased, she was talking about her own child, and she's been talking about her own child this whole time. But yeah, I was I was thinking like, is she gonna do the water of life thing and awaken her child, or is the child just gonna be conceived awake? 
Right. That's what, yeah. that's my question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this is because she is an abomination already. Like right. she was preborn. Mm-hmm. I um, we don't have any like our do preborns make preborn children? Um, because of how they use the spice and how their body is activated already, like who knows? There are not many examples that I can point to um, <laughs> about uh, where and how this all works. Thomas Wright made me giggle here. She has nine kids, Evan. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know? All... <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That is, um, I don't know how the preborn okay. happens. Something with the genes, something with the spice. Like she was already predisposed to all mm-hmm. of this because of her lineage, right? Her genes are already set up for this, but the water of life, the super high concentration of spice, the change within Jessica also affected her. And she was a thinking entity the whole time while she was in the womb. Um, yeah. I just, we're, we're foreshadowing another one like her. Cool. All right. We have three chapters left in, in Dune Messiah. And it's, uh, I've titled the last chapter, the end game. Everything ends and it starts there. So, uh, I just got our Stay Spicy mugs in the uh, hey. in the mail, which means, Evan, I need to get you yours. Yes, please. So if you want to pick up merch, you can do so on the website, readingdune.com. That's right. Yep. Uh-huh. You can follow us on Twitter at Reading Dune. Uh, Patreon slash Reading Dune. We'll put your name up on the slides here when they we do that. I just want to thank everybody who's donated and kept the show going, and we just really appreciate it. Thanks as always, and uh, stay spicy, my friends. Peace.